This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. You've done a play-by-play in Studio B, present C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You'll get used to the move. We'll be back soon in uh, B. It's Wednesday, August 17th. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I'm Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with the man who's got his Sharpies ready, Jason Born Identity Shepard. <laughs> yeah, we've got the, uh, the Fan Fest tonight. Uh, and like, um, like uh, Terrell Owens, Sorry, I forgot, I forgot the BYU alum, Terrell Owens, who wears the gear. Uh, he we did wear a BYU shirt. We haven't shirt seen one. that for a while. Random. Chad Lewis needs to hook him up with some Chad, more gear. Chad, you just so gave can, him one shirt? So we can see him on Instagram. But like, like him, I'm always prepared with the Sharpie. So just yep. in case. Yep. Cougar kickoff tonight. Yes, the uh, Cougar kickoff, not the Fan Fest. Yes. We, no, it's essentially a Fan Fest. Um, at the Student Athlete Building practice field, you can go on the field where the team practices, and you can go inside you can the run locker rounds. Room. I don't you know can, if you can run rounds. Sure, just do it. You can, you Tell can, them Shep set you, you get no, no, a 10% no. d- Here's uh, what you get to do. You can Promo race. code Shep. You can race Spencer Linton in a 40-yard dash. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer will beat most of you, uh, but not all. Okay, here's your show lineup. How fast is Spencer? What, no, just <laughs> what will this team against this schedule tell us about BYU football's readiness to compete in the Big 12? We'll discuss Mitchell Jurgens on what receiver he feels will break out not named Puka or Gunner, my one-on-one with Blake Freeland. He just pancakes me to the ground. What's left to fine-tune before the South Florida game? And the best BYU player never to win the Heisman, what one national pundit says that was very off the board. But first, today's headlines. BYU football is through 10 practices of fall camp as they prepare for South Florida in the season opener on September 3rd. At about halfway at the halfway point of camp, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki says keeping guys healthy is a priority. The, the guys that we got back that were not healthy are playing at a high level right now, and so when that first team defense is on the is on the field, and um, I mean it's I feel like it's a really really good defense, and so keeping those guys healthy and keeping them moving, I think is uh, is what we're trying to do here, and just make sure that we're getting all the practice that we need to get better and. Uh, but uh, keeping everybody healthy. Health, health, health. Such a priority health, for this health team. Health it is, it is we, have, we have seen it bite this BYU team for years. Hopefully I can uh, buck that trend this year. Also, how about this? Future scheduling side note. According to the Virginia Tech 2022 media guide, there's been an adjustment in the previously announced BYU versus Virginia Tech home and home series. The two teams will play as scheduled in Provo. That was originally scheduled for September 14th of 2030. That's still on, but uh, will now play at Virginia Tech on September in 2033. That game is originally scheduled for 2026. So seven years later now, the trip to Blacksburg. I'd imagine BYU may not play Utah in those seasons. We'll see. Uh, Tom Homo alluded uh, to that idea as much of, hey, there'll be some years where we want to play a certain team and won't play Utah. Do you want 11 Power Fives in a season? If you do, play Utah. Headline two, Zach Wilson's surgery went well yesterday, according to ESPN's Jets reporter Rich Cimini, who tweeted Zach Wilson's arthroscopic knee surgery was deemed a success. Great success, sort tell, uh, tells ESPN. There were no surprises from the original diagnosis. They won't put him on the field till he's a hundy. But uh, good news for the Jets, Ian Rapport of NFL Network adding, following surgery, Zach Wilson recovering nicely, still has 
Week one in play, Source said, no surprises, they'll be cautious until he's 100%. That's great news uh, because let's just get to the regular season yes. and get that knee healthy. Certainly dodged uh, a, a major injury um, and luckily yep, things look like injury. yeah that uh, they are manageable. ESPN's Todd McShay released his preseason NFL draft position rankings. McShay has Jaron Hall as his 11th rated quarterback, Blake Freeland as his 14th rated offensive tackle, and Clark Barrington as his 12th ranked offensive guard. We'll talk about the difference between McShay and Kuyper Quite a difference. Uh, later in the program. Carson Lundell and David Timmons advance to the round of 16 match play at the U.S. Amateur Golf Championship in New Jersey. Congrats to the boys. Lundell tied for 14th, one over. Timmons was two over, tied for 21st. They're currently on the course. Lindell currently one up through 11 holes against Jared Nelson and David Timmons tied through 10 versus Chris Francoeur. Best of luck to those two. Former BYU ace Michael Rucker pitched an inning and struck out two for the Cubs last night as Chicago beat the Nationals 7-5. I will uh, usually not root for the Cubs, but for Michael Rucker, uh, I, will, I will make sure that he's doing a uh, you know, I, I will root for him NL because, I like, guy. because I, I, I like uh, I like Ruck. Uh, last night was Rucker's eighth game played since being called up from AAA Iowa earlier this month. Okay, Hawkeye, Iowa. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. All right, the Cougars walk into the season with a tough schedule as chronicled nearly daily on this program. Using the simple metric of opponent win percentage from last season, BYU, 13th toughest schedule in the nation. A simple metric, but still. Utah's 107th, by the way. It's part of a multi-year build of tough schedules as the Cougars prepare for Power 5 inclusion. We're all stoked about that. So, Shep, what will this season teach us about BYU's readiness to compete in the Big 12? It's an interesting question because I... I... I don't know if it's going to teach us anything more, or maybe teach is not the right word I would use. Maybe re-emphasize how important it is that the program has depth moving forward. And I, because I think we've seen over the last couple of years, and you just alluded to it, sort of ramping up to the schedule. We've seen over the last couple of years BYU playing schedules like this with multiple power fives, whether it's three, whether it's four, whether it's five, whether it's six, whatever the case, seven, last seven year. whatever the case may be, BYU has been playing tougher and tougher schedules. So I think from a scheduling standpoint, BYU is sort of already there in challenging itself enough to see where it stacks up compared to what a, a conference schedule would look like as a P5. So I, I don't know if you necessarily learn anything because you've been dealing with this for the last couple of years, but I think it can reemphasize stuff, like I said, like the importance of depth or maybe how you, how you match up specifically from a scheme standpoint with what's going on in your conference. Because obviously, there's a different brand of football in the Big 12 than maybe what you're going to see in the Pac-12 or the SEC. You know, every every conference has its its own style of play. So I think it sort of just reinforces some of the things that BYU has already tried to do over the last couple of years, knowing that this was a possibility, and certainly last year, realizing it's happening. In terms of style of play, BYU actually plays more like a Big Ten team than a Big 12 team. Big 12 is built on speed, and then defensively, you're just going to give up points. BYU tries not to do that, right? Echoes of Ben, don't break from Bronco <laughs> Mendenhall. Um, that, a couple of thoughts. One is, will BYU have a more experienced team than this team ever? 
COVID has allowed fifth-year seniors like Peyton Wilgar and Lopini Cato and Gunnar Romney and others to be here. They shouldn't be on this team. COVID allowed an extra year, which is awesome. BYU returned so many pieces from last year. Think about it on offense. You got Samson Nakua and no Tyler Algier. And, uh, you know, that, that, then one other notable name who I'm forgetting. That's kind of it. Defensively, it's a lot of the same guys back. Um, this, this is a special group in terms of the ability to be crazy experienced with this team. So I'm not sure it's a one-for-one one in terms of, yes, BYU will have a team like this in terms of experience and talent in the Big 12. The hope is that in the Big 12, BYU continues to get more talented, more Pukas, more Kingsleys, more Jarens, and so on, to where you can compete for a Big 12 title. About cloning? Yes. Uh, I just finished Clone Wars <laughs> on Disney+, Plus, so it's all about I would take clones. A, I would take a couple more Jarens, Kingsleys, yes. Gunners. Order 66 <laughs> is coming against the Big 12. Let's go. Um, uh, on the field, right? Uh, and then development is something that BYU's been really good at. Think about where Blake Freeland has come from yeah. as, as a uh, left tackle. This dude was a quarterback in high school. Like, he wasn't a four-star five. He wasn't Kingsley in high school. Like, you can have two different kinds of guys be first-round draft pick types. And Tyler Algier obviously was a walk-on, a linebacker, and then a running back, and we've chronicled his story well. BYU is very good at development. BYU overachieves often. You look at the ranking of recruiting classes and the types of guys that BYU gets on paper, but then you see BYU's performance on the field. BYU's not the 60th best or 80th best team in the country consistently, like its recruiting ranking. It's in the top 25 the last two-plus years. So I, I want to say that, yes, this season is, okay, if this experienced group can handle this schedule, BYU can compete in the Big 12. I don't necessarily feel that BYU will compete next year in the Big 12, if this season goes well and BYU lose a lot of pieces, it'll be make a bowl game. The standard will change, not the go for 10 wins thing we're saying right now. This is the most confidence we've walked uh, into a season with for BYU football since 09. Really since 09. 2013 was an 8-5 and five team with a junior Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. We were stoked. Um, and then, and then uh, you know, 2014, Taysom Hill gets hurt and uh, it's a tough season. Jamal doesn't play, uh, you know, uh, was that 2014 or 15? That's a tough year, right? Luckily, we got him back in 16. So I'm not sure BYU is going to have exactly this kind of experience due to COVID in the Big 12, but the hope is that BYU continues to handle these types of schedules to the point where, yes, one year you can go, you can go nine and three, maybe, and maybe you have two losses in conference and you're that second team in the title game and New Year's six possible if you lose that title. Well, game. and, and, this is obviously not breaking news or anything, but look, any team that goes from a G5 into a Power 5, we've seen that there is a learning curve. And there's a, there's a, a trajectory that you have to get on from a recruiting standpoint that's going to take some time. Now, BYU has known it's going to the Big 12 for a year. So you've had a year's worth of time to begin that recruiting trajectory up. And it goes to what I was saying in terms of the depth. It goes to what you're saying in terms of getting better players as you get into these conferences. I agree with what you said. It's, it's a little different with th this year specifically to try and gauge how the rest of or the, the next couple of seasons are going to go in the Big 12 because this is so unique in terms of the amount of production that you have. Now, you're going to have at the end of the year 
guys who are seniors that are going to naturally going to move on. But you have so many guys who have NFL potential on this roster at key positions that will likely not be here because they're going to have opportunities at the next level. So that's another reason where it's very difficult to take this year specifically and say that you can learn a whole lot that may help you maybe next year. But I, but I think that's where I think that's where the depth comes in, which ultimately is recruiting and and ultimately building this program stronger, which we're, which we've seen since Kalani came in in 2016. It is it has steadily got better. The recruits have got better. Better transfers for Every, sure. Everything. There's no question. Development. Yes. yes. So so this year specifically is is different, and next year certainly will be because. All the things that we're talking about that are the positives going into this year probably aren't going to be there going into next year because you're going to lose so much. Jaron Hall is in his fifth season here. Right. Like you forget, he just sat out 2020. Like and could have another year if he wanted it. Yes. I don't think he'll be <laughs> I, here. I don't think right? he will We don't either. think he yes. will. Um, I also, uh, let's phrase it differently. Like if this team can't handle this schedule to the point of, say, 9+, plus. Will BYU be able to do that in the Big 12? Like, the hope is you can get better, certainly. But, like, this team's extra experienced and extra talented, um, you know, most talented, in, in my opinion, since 09. Uh, if they can't handle this schedule, how, how long does it take for BYU to be able to handle it? Look, I, because this is a special group yes, in terms of experience and yes. talent. I, I, I appreciate the question, and I understand what you're saying. But. But. <laughs> Every season is so unique, and I don't know if it's fair to say that because of all this. Look, and, I, and I'm not trying to lessen what's, the expectations. What's unfair about it? Well, every season has its own set of circumstances. You, every opponent is different. You may have your best team, but you may also face everybody else's best team, so the wins and losses theoretically could not uh, be what you thought. And it doesn't mean that you weren't as good as you thought. It's maybe that you ended up going up against some teams that were at their peak, and maybe their peak was better than yours. So I understand what you're saying, and we all think this team is capable of nine, possibly ten wins. There's no question about it. But I, I think it's somewhat unfair to say that, that, say, if they don't reach nine or ten, that it can never be because this is the best right. production we've ever – or the most returning production we've ever had. I don't know if that's fair. It just intimidates me a little bit if we think, hey, in the next – uh, you know, two plus years, BYU, we want BYU to compete for a Big 12 title. It's like, then show us this year with the most experienced team maybe yeah. in BYU oh, I get in history. Yeah, I don't I get know how it. to quantify that very well. But the, the COVID extra guys and the NFL pub, this team needs to go nine plus. Like, if they're eight or fewer, it's like, well, shoot, we need to do something that we're not doing. And maybe that's uh, you need a couple of Kingsleys, a couple of Pukas, or whatever, if you will. Again, I don't know. Cloning. Get them out of high school. Let's go. Okay, uh, all of this leads up to not games against Notre Dame or Baylor, Oregon, but South Florida in how many days? Countdown to the Big 12. 318, 318 to the Big 12. South Florida's later. 318 days until the Big 12. You know, the team's focused on South Florida. We are focused. We're, we're looking a year on ahead. On a Power already. 5 league. <laughs> Our question of the day. <laughs> we have that luxury. The, the Getting ready for South Florida. That's for the team to worry about. What will this season teach us about BYU's readiness to compete in the Big 12? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Chris Wetzel on Twitter. The answer is not the ones ready for the Big 12, but are the twos and so on. Great point. Because if this season goes as expected, then some key players go to the NFL. It might not be some. It might be like 
a host. I'm going to keep my eye on depth, and that will tell us if we're ready or not. If BYU can produce a bunch of NFL players and have a tremendous season, whatever loss BYU sustains from there is worth it. It's worth it because you want to have great seasons, and you'll take some crappy seasons. What if I told you BYU had to have 2017 to get Zach Wilson and have 2020? It was worth it. Yeah, in the moment. 2017 was terrible. Yeah. But 2020 was beautiful. In the moment, things seem like it's Yes. But but down the road, you see where everything led. And this led to this. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, you had to go through this. But look what it ended up as. Worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. I'm sorry. All right, coming up, a rivalry rivalry shot or a coincidence from yesterday's practice. This is great. BYU radio sideline reporter Mitchell Juergens tells us which receiver not named Puka or Gunner is expected from him to have a breakout season. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out after further review on the BYU TV app as the guys discuss Ben Bywater, Isaac Rex, Jacob Conover, Pepe Tanavasa, and others as we get closer to the start of the 2022 BYU football season. After further review, available on demand on the BYU TV app. We're in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. C, thank you for the correction. I'm so used to that. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, who uh, actually knows where we are, which is great. A week after the Mangum to Matthews, Nebraska miracle in 2015, the Cougars hosted 20th-ranked Boise State on a 71-degree clear night that resulted in our next guest's greatest moment at BYU. Pressure from behind. Mangum flips it into the end zone. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU! Mitchell Jurgens climbs the ladder, plucks it out of the air, and, and nothing less than a prayer from Tanner Magnum. Well, uh, Tanner Magnum. But Tanger? Yes. Tanger? Uh, Tyler Magnum was also a great quarterback. Why show that clip? Why not show that clip as we welcome in BYU radio sideline reporter for Cougar football, Mitchell Jurgens, to the program? Mitch, does that get old watching that? No, no. That's uh... – <laughs> Yeah, the, the amount of times I've seen it, um, you'd, you'd think it would, but I, I love it. It's uh, living in the glory days. Okay, so so Jerem said that it's the greatest moment. Like for, I'm assuming a lot of people would say that. Do you? Is that your greatest moment to you personally? I mean, on the football field, it has to be. This is um, to to be in that position to make that catch. I mean, first off, it shouldn't have been me. It should have been. Um, there, we had a number of, of taller targets on a, on a deep hill Mary that maybe would have been um, the better option. So for me, it was, I, I mean, absolutely, it goes down in, in uh, greatest moments for me on the football field. To do it at Lavelle after the Nebraska game, um, yeah, it is n- nothing short of amazing. I was fortunate to be in the right spot at the right time. So. Yeah, that was amazing. And Starman, it's like one of the greatest celebrations in BYU history. It's like up there with Steve Young, uh, you know, high knees uh, in 83 against Missouri. It was great. Okay, our question of the day is this. Mitch, will this season teach us – what will this season teach us about BYU's readiness to compete in the Big 12? What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think it can teach a lot. Um, as we look at this season, I mean, you look at the schedule and this schedule that we have is, is yeah, we have less P5s on the calendar. I think it was than last season. We've got five this season. We had seven last season, um, but arguably more challenging uh, for this BYU team. And, and so I think as we look at the um, just the ability for them to compete week after week, this is what the big 12 is going to be about, right? Um, the, you know, you don't, you don't get many breaks in the schedule. There's a lot of competitive teams that are winning, that have winning traditions. And so to, to prove that, Hey, BYU is ready to make that, that leap. Um, they're going to have to to put together a pretty good season and, and just get used to the fact that week after week, you're playing competitive football teams that know how to win. Um, and, and with that said too, I think it's going to be a test of our depth. Um, we saw it last season as, as we started to lose a couple of key players and, and maybe the, the quality of our performance declined a bit. And so I think this gives a huge opportunity for these, um, you know, um, you know, top-notch players to come in and do a fabulous job uh, for BYU if starters go down because a season, you know, in the Big 12 and even this season this year, you're going to need talent, you're going to need depth um, throughout the entire season. You know, Mitch, you, you touched on the schedule and obviously just some unbelievable matchups this year. And maybe the answer to these questions is the same, but what's the game that you're most looking forward to? And then as the sideline reporter, obviously you're, you get to go to all these different venues. What's the trip you're most excited for? Yeah, so the game I'm most excited for is, is for sure the first home game against Baylor. Um, if, if things go as planned and as it should, these are going to be two ranked teams in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium um, under the lights. Um, you know, it's, it's a late kick. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of the late kicks at, at Lavelle. I think there's a special energy that's brought under the lights. Um, and so two, you know, should be 1-0 teams ranked in the top 25. And, and so I think that game, it's also going to be a revenge game for BYU. So coming in, um, they know how physical Baylor was the last time they played them. I think they're going to be ready for it. And, and so that game, I, I think I'm most excited for. Um, as far as the, the trip, um, I, I think I'd have to say that the Notre Dame game in Vegas, uh, selfishly, I wish we were playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Um, I, I wasn't fortunate enough to be um, traveling at the time when BYU went to Notre Dame and played them in their stadium. I think that could have been maybe a little bit more iconic for me, but um, you, you can't go wrong with Allegiant Stadium. Um, it's going to be a fun game, a, a huge, app, uh, you know, an amazing atmosphere. And uh, hopefully at that time too, we've got two pretty high ranked teams and, and a good battle at, uh, in Vegas. We're talking to Mitchell Jurgens on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football sideline reporter. BYU fans were hoping that Notre Dame game was in Provo. You wanted it at Notre Dame I'm I, for those reasons, yes. Those games would yeah. have been epic, right? And BYU certainly had uh, opportunities to win there uh, in 20, 2012 and 13. Okay, let's talk about um, the series that BYU's going to end for a little while. We don't know uh, when BYU's going to play Utah State again. It sounds like they will. Boise State, they may not meet up for a long time, if ever again. Who knows? Um, which of those two series will you miss the most? Um, Boise State. Uh, I think the the ongoing rivalry that we've had with Boise State has been pretty remarkable. I mean, I, I have a a brief, you know, a little bit of a personal connection with with that rivalry, but um, it's it's always been competitive. 
Um, these, these are teams that no matter where they sit in the rankings, ranked, not ranked, this is a, uh, you know, whether we're playing on the blue turf or, or a Lavelle Edwards stadium, it's always a battle. I mean, these are two very competitive teams and it almost feels like when the teams, when the two teams get together on the field, um, I mean, you, you never know what you're going to expect, right? Um, Boise pulls out their bag of tricks. I feel like in the past, BYU's even brought the bag of tricks against Boise um, to beat them where, where they've beat a lot of others. And, and so that's a, that's definitely a series that um, I hope we can continue. Um, I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, definitely going to miss seeing the, the Cougars play the Broncos year after year. We have talked so much about this offense and the potential of it as a whole, but when you look at the individual players, Mitch, it, right at the top of that list has got to be Puka, Gunner. What are your expectations for Nakua and Romney in this offense this season? Yeah, I think they're going to have a huge season. Um, I'm a big believer that confidence is so key um, on the football field, right? And these are two players that are established veterans on the BYU roster, especially within the receiving core. They have the connection with Jaron Hall. And so honestly, I think the sky's the limit for both of them. Um, we talk about, and I've you know seen reports in camp, I mean, the, the wide receiver depth right now is top notch. Uh, with those two guys at the helm, um, you've got, you know, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, um, Keanu Hill, even, um, you know, hearing a lot of good things about Braden Cosper um, and his just ability to make plays, uh, very reliable, consistent receiver. And, and so I think that, you know, for this entire group, um, there's there's so much at stake that, that gets BYU fans excited for as a former receiver, um, very excited for the, the potential that this group brings this year. And I mean, it's led by two guys, Puka and Gunner, who have done it before. They've been there, they've done that. And uh, I think confidence is going to be at an all-time high for both of them, which is going to reflect in, in their performance. All right, Mitch, you talked about Puka and Gunner. Who's a guy that isn't one of those two who you think will be a major factor this year among the receivers? Um, it, it's it's hard not to say Keanu Hill. Uh, the way that he finished last year was was pretty remarkable. Um, you know, he was given opportunities to step up and make plays, and and he did that. So I, I'm super excited to see what he can do uh, for the Cougs this season. Um, I, I also I I want to see Chase Roberts on the field. Um, I don't know if this comes as, as my new hometown. I'm a I'm a, I'm an American Fort guy now. Um, never thought I'd say that, but uh, that's that's where I. <laughs> Yeah. And, and with Chase Roberts, just what he did at American Vorgas senior year, I think he just absolutely dominated, um, you know, almost a hundred catches close to 1800 yards, 18 touchdowns. Those are, that's a ridiculous stat line. I, I'd love to see that guy get loose and get opportunities. Um, I, I think he's got the potential to, to truly take over an offense. Um, but, but obviously he's, he's learning from the greats with Puka and Gunner, but uh, he's definitely someone I'm high on and excited to, to watch play for the Cougs this season. Mitchell, how likely do you think it is that BYU has at least one 1,000-yard receiver this year? You know, to be honest, I don't think it's likely. Um, and the reason for that is how much depth there is at the at the receiver position. Um, you know, as we look at it, even when I played, I mean, I don't think I was part of – a team where we had a thousand yard receiver. And I think it was just collectively, we had a ton of talent, um, a, a ton of um, great playmakers on the offensive side that demanded attention. And so with, 
yes, I, I mean, I think Puka and Gunner both can be 1,000-yard receivers. Um, but as far as it actually happening, I think there's just too many targets to go around because uh, we're not even taking into consideration the, the tight ends. We haven't talked about them yet. Uh, but there's a lot of talent at that position who's, who's going to demand some attention from Jaron. So um, I, I don't think we'll see a 1,000-yard receiver. I'd love to see Puka and Gunner get as close to that as possible. Uh, but that, if they don't get there, that absolutely doesn't mean that they were impactful this season um, and that Jaron had you know, a great connection with both of them. Let's talk about those tight ends. Isaac Rex coming off of a, a broken foot against USC, but he said he's uh, on a pitch count until game one and hopefully we'll go at that point. Dallin Holker has been a guy that we've been excited about in 2018 before his mission last year. Uh, you know, 200 yards, 235 yards. What kind of expectations do you have for those two? Yeah, those two specifically, I'm, I'm high on their ability to contribute. I think Dallin Holker specifically, he's he's got to be one of the most athletic tight ends I've seen. Um, just his ability to move and catch. I mean, he, he catches the ball like a receiver. Um, and, and so I love watching him play. As, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he can have a big year. Um, and then Isaac Rex, I mean, that's just a big target that is incredible in the red zone, as we've seen here at BYU. Um, and again, I think he's he's a veteran player that's been there. He's done that. He's has experience on the field and and that confidence is going to show as he steps in. And so those are two tight ends that um, I think we've got um, a lot of confidence in, in both of them. And and they can prove this season that they're just as um, just as able to make the big plays as, as the receiver group can. Well, it's going to be a great season. We're excited about it. Thanks for joining the program. And uh, we're going to hear from you a bunch this year on BYU Radio on the sidelines, Mitchell. Hey, thanks, guys. Pleasure. Thanks, Mitchell. Appreciate it. Mitchell Jurgens, who's going to star man right after this interview uh, in his office there. Good insight into <laughs> the receivers. By the way, nice background for him, too. That's hey, a nice, nice background. built-ins aren't cheap. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Very nice. Impressive. Hey. Got that sideline reporter uh, extra cash, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, he's, he's right. Like, we've talked a lot about it. The wide yeah. receivers, it's going to be really fun. And, and I, I love what he said. You know, let's say it's somebody that you don't get a 1,000-yard receiver. It's not because the talent's not there. It's because you have so many different areas that you can throw the ball. Yes. And you have such a collective on the field from an offensive standpoint that – BYU needs a collective yeah. on the field and off it. <laughs> yes, apparently. Yeah, for NIL deals. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Okay, what's coming up? All right, Blake Freeland goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan, and I think we know how that's going to end. Yeah, I'm going to get destroyed. Uh, and the BYU player off the board that Seth Davis says is the best to never win the Heisman. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Meerkat. <laughs> we are not on Meerkat. And Meerkat. One of my favorites, though. Uh, it's it's if, no longer a thing. If you know, you know. One time I went live the entire BYU Sports Nation episode. On Meerkat? Meerkat. I just love right the logo, that it was an actual Meerkat. Shock, a, shocking a, that that would be the logo, right? background. Yeah, he's Jason... He loves meerkats. It cracks me up. I don't know why. I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right. Mason Wake tweeted out the following with this picture. It says, uh, free tickets to the Vegas game to whoever can guess what we are talking about. Jerem, what are they talking about? This is from Photo Day. Also, the Vegas game is fun. It's against Notre Dame. He's asking, did you know that Built Bar employee number one is behind us? Nick Phillips. 
Nice. Who wears a hat to photo day? That's what he's saying to Gunner. Or does Kate Finnegan have QB hair or what? Who's on the left of Gunner? See, I'm Those are my options. I'm thinking he's saying, I'm hearing a rumor that there may be a chocolate cougar tail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, did you hear? Did you hear? They should make I'm gonna talk to, I'm tail. honestly, Should I'm they not? Talk, it's all maple all I the time? I think there's, honestly, I somebody told me there's one game like it for like maybe like the, the blackout games. Okay. That maybe they would, they do the chocolate. Hmm. Interesting. I, I'm not a maple bar guy, so I, I would enjoy the chocolate. You're not like first. a carb guy. That is true. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Pretty healthy, man. Uh, Hunter Miller, shout out to Hunter, tweeted out a royal helmet concept with the beat digger cougar on a block Y. This is, this is cool. Uh, do you like this? I, I do like it. I think it's really cool. Um, and that's what, uh, look, the kids like uh, like the different uniforms, the helmet combinations. Way to sound old. Um, I think that's amazing. And I love that it's on a matte finish helmet. I don't like it. Oh, I love it. Okay. All right, I thought you were gonna yeah. go the other direction. I do that to my daughter quite a bit. Throws her off. Okay. BYU Basketball tweeted that, uh, quote, show and tell had a clear winner with a picture of Elijah Bryant who'd stopped by the basketball offices with his Milwaukee Bucks championship ring. Nice. All right, if you were gonna bring, uh, if you're gonna going for the win in a BYU Sports Nation show and tell, what are you bringing? I'm bringing an NFT of the first time. I said, sorry, <laughs> no time for Dennis, no. Um, Realistically, Tyler Haas shoes, he gave them to BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation. Yes. From the game where he broke Jimmer Fredette's scoring record. That's, That's awesome. a cool uh, that is show cool. and tell, right? I, I think I may have told this story on the show before. Uh, tell it again, when, Shep. When my wife and I got married, um, I was working with... How many years ago was that again? More than a couple. Um, a guy that I worked with, David James. Shout out to David James. DJ. He is good friends. Went to, went to college with Jim Rome. Yes, that Jim Rome. So David, as a wedding gift to, to Heather and I, I'm just making sure people realize I'm talking about the Jim Rome. Yeah. Uh, James. Got him to sign a, uh, a, a picture. So Jim Rome wrote to us, Jungle Karma to your marriage, Jim Rome. <laughs> Rackamy's out. And so he gave it to us in a, in a frame. I still have that to this day. So that's what I would bring in. That's I'm so that's proud of that. The, the show and tell. Yeah, that's James. what I would. Rome. The, the Jim Rome jungle wish karma. jungle karma to my marriage. <laughs> and did it work? We're still going strong. That's great, yeah. man. Jungle karma. <laughs> so many jokes. Uh, Fox College Football <laughs> poses this question on Twitter. Who's the best player to never win a Heisman Trophy? Then CBS's Seth Davis, a college basketball analyst, responded with Jimmer Fredette. Is he wrong? Uh, no, and <laughs> Seth's love for all things Jimmer Fredette is one of the great things on social media. He's still uh, on that Jimmer Mania train. Why wouldn't you be? Why Why, why would you why ever not? get off of the, the Jimmer Fredette train? No. Speaking of James. Yeah, James Taft Fredette. James He's not wrong. Taft Fredette. Yes. So good. Okay. Isaac Rex was asked Jungle yesterday. Jungle Karma. Jungle Karma to your marriage. <laughs> um, Isaac Rex was asked this yesterday. This is great. About, this is great. About his thoughts on preseason polls and if he paid attention to them. Here's what he said. I don't even know where we're at or care. But to be honest, those things are annoying anyways because they change after like the first week. So I'm, why don't we just do it after the first game? Because I guess it's just a money grab or something, all the schools that are on there. Because you see schools that are like seven on there, you know, and then they don't even, they're not on it the rest of the time, you know. Okay, seven, huh? seven. Okay, okay. Uh, Was that just a random number? Or wait, because who's who's ranked seven? Uh, that team up north. Interesting. Uh, so, 
Was it random or was that on purpose? <laughs> I think ours, Isaac's a smart kid. Yeah. I think that was on purpose. Um, and Utah's going to be really good this year. Th yes. Um, Whether it was random or on purpose. Strength of schedule. In my mind, it will always be on purpose. Yes. Um, <laughs> because that's because that's funnier. Would you? Yes, exactly. Would you want the polls to come out later? Like he he, yes, he no. said after week one, why not? I would say after after like the a first, first month, month. Yes. If you're going to do that, go after the first month. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the preseason. It's a marketing. Look, thing. It gives us things to talk about on a show. Like we I don't talk know, BYU for five hours a week. So we like it. But in terms of like what it actually means and a fair and accurate assessment, probably after the first month. Shout out to Cougar Stats who uh, said BYU in the last 50 years has gone from unranked to ranked in the final AP poll 12 times, most in college football. BYU is used to no respect at the beginning of the year, and then, hey, finish right, let's go. Coming up, both Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have three BYU Cougars in the uh, top 20 in their NFL position projects, or prospects, excuse me, but they are a little different. We'll talk about that. And my one-on-one -on -one with Blake Friedland, what's left to do in the next two and a half weeks to get ready for South Florida? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight from 6 to 8.30 local time at the Cougar kickoff on the outdoor practice facilities to meet and greet BYU athletes. We'll have a booth as well where you can meet BYU TV analysts and hosts. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio C. Blake Freeland's getting first-round NFL projections. It's amazing considering Blake was a quarterback a couple of years ago in high school. Now he's a beefed-up uh, left tackle machine ready to pancake some fools against South Florida. I tried to bull rush him at practice yesterday. It didn't go very well in the form of questions. Here's Blake Freeland. All right, Blake, two and a half weeks left. Uh, how's camp going so far for you? It's going good. Uh, just trying to get better every single day. How do you get better every day at this point in camp where it's kind of week two and maybe it starts to drag a little bit? Um, I think individually every single one of us has things to work on every day. I mean, had a bad day today personally, but I just got to keep focusing on the little things and get better. What was uh, not good enough in your opinion? Everything. Just just got a lot of things I got to work on. So, yeah. What does a good day look like for you in practice as an offensive lineman? Uh, just playing fast, good effort, good physicality. Um, never perfect days, but we can always always do better better than the last day. So, is it hard to be an offensive lineman when you can't when they don't actually tackle and you can't actually put them on the ground when it when it's thud mode or less? Uh, yeah, there's some times when we're in thud and Chris Brooks, that guy's not going to get tackled very easily. <laughs> we make a decent hole, never never big enough, but make a decent hole and Chris gets tapped by somebody, gets down. I'm like that guy's getting eight to ten yards. You know, he's a he's a monster. So. I think it, uh, I think it uh, changes with the running backs more than the O line, to be honest. But do you welcome that, like the moment you can go full bore? Is that when you can really be yourself as a left tackle? Um, we love we love full speed, but I mean our thought tempo is full speed for us. We don't we don't change much. When you get into a game scenario in fall camp, you're trying to stay healthy, yet you want to practice at a certain level, right? What kind of difference is there, if any, once you get that first snap and it's like, all right, now we're full go and we're not worried about getting hurt in full camp? Um, I think just a good goal is to always play fast. I mean, if you're playing slower than the person behind you, you're going to get hurt. So I think playing fast all the time is something that a lot of people don't realize will keep you safe. 
You talked about wanting to be great at the details and, and the nuances. Walk us through what life is like as a left tackle in D1 on a top 25 team where you try and be your best and you know you're going to play some great teams. What are, what are the little things you think about every day? Shoot, there's so many, so many things just with your hands, your leverage, your head, where you're placing your head, where you're keeping your balance. It's just little things you never think of if you're on the outside. You were a basketball player once upon a time. We played quarterback like we've talked about quite a bit. What are the things at left tackle that you're still getting used to because it's just been a couple of years? Just it's random things. Every once in a while I'll be like, whoa, it's a little, little bit different, but nothing. I'm pretty, pretty adapted to it now. It's been, been three, three and a half, four years now. Since that Boise State game in 2019, what, talk, to, talk to that guy and t as if I was that guy and tell me like what you've learned since then. Oh, you thought you knew this. Now I know this. Like what are those things you've learned? Um, and I'm a little smaller than you were in 2019. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all about size. But I think 2019, I was just running around, getting in the way of people. I think uh, one thing I tell myself is just use your hands. Use your hands a lot better. I was just throwing my head and my body at people and mm. was doing all right. Doing yeah. all right with that somehow. That was a fun story you told us on Media Day where the de defensive lineman across from you at Boy State who got drafted. I'm trying to remember his name. Do you remember Curtis his name? Weaver. Curtis Weaver, tremendous uh -huh. player. Uh, was like, hey, I don't know you. What's your name? Are you are you like a friendly guy on the field? Do you talk to the other team, or are you kind of just do your own thing? Uh, I kind of do my own thing, but it kind of depends on the vibes the defensive line gives off. If they're talking mess, we'll give it right back to them. I think it goes for the whole line, but some some guys, it's weird. They'll just talk and have conversations, and I mean, we'll just talk back. I guess it's just <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird, but yeah, if they talk mess, we'll give it back to them. What's the most random, friendly chatter you've had in a game with someone like Curtis Weaver had with you? Um, we've had a few guys ask how old how old we are. I remember <laughs> my freshman year, I was next to Shannon Herring, and I think he was 26. And he's like, dude, how old are you? He's like, 26, man. I'm like, hey, man, I'm 18. Like, <laughs> I'm young like you. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same age. But we got 26, 24, 24 going across the board. So. And then you start talking about a mission. You're like, hey, here's what a mission's all about. Oh, wait, it's third down. we got to go. Um, as you think about South Florida in two and a half weeks, what comes to mind? What, what emotionally also do you feel when you think about that first game? Uh, I'm just excited. I'm ready to get the season rolling. Um, I'm ready to get into game prep and, uh, yeah, just get ready to get it going. What excites you at practice? Because it's week two. Sometimes that can drag, right? You'd fall camp, you're like, hey, I just want to get to the next thing. Maybe you love it. I don't know. What what excites you when you come out here for practice every day? Honestly, getting better. I think I've got a lot of things to work on, like I said earlier, and just trying to perfect my craft. I feel like I've got a lot of things I need to clean up before I get to the first game, and it gives me a good opportunity to get that with these next couple weeks. What's it like competing to get your own starting spot, yet try and gel as a group? Because there's the individual competition, but there's also the team vibe with the offensive line. Um, it's good. We got. We got seven, eight guys that are all really close and all willing to play together. So I think we got some good team chemistry there, and we got a lot of dudes willing to play and ready to work together. So it's good. Okay, so looking at your gloves here, you have them taped to your wrists. Yes. What is uh, what are your hands like after a practice or a game after this situation? Because it's like what probably two in the case of a football game, what four or five hours? Four or five hours. Uh, yeah, games practice not as bad, but games my hands are all just white and like pruny fingers just drenched from <laughs> just, sweat just yeah sweaty the gloves take like two days to dry off two days are you serious yes yeah, sometimes oh i'll come gosh. back to practice the next day still wet I'm like, 
It's nasty. It's like a hockey jersey or yeah, something. Exactly. The worst smell ever. Not too bad. Not too bad. Mm. A little Febreze on there or something. We we get new gloves every once in a while, so nice. We try to keep them fresh. Nice. That's awesome. Okay, what what should fans be looking at that maybe they aren't? Uh, in game one headed into the season? Because we have kind of the same storylines that we discuss a lot, but what do you as an offensive lineman, what do you want the fans to know about with this team? Shoot, I don't know. I'm Besides just, the left tackle. I'm just kind of worrying about ourselves right now. I mean, they can they can just watch what we got, what we got game one, you know? We're going to try to put on, a, put on our best performance and compete, so. Talk to me about the D-line and uh, kind of who sticks out and who, who gives you a good challenge across the way there. There's a lot of good dudes on the D-line. Uh, Tyler Batty does does well every day. Uh, Lorenzo Falatea is good to have him back. Uh, there's a lot of dudes giving us the work, so it's, it's good to have. Do you ever miss being a quarterback? Sometimes, but not. No, I love it. <laughs> I love O-line. I love offensive line. So. How was your arm as a quarterback? It was all right. Yeah? yeah was, what are we decent. talking about in terms of, like, in a game, reasonable distance that you would throw? 60 maybe. You can throw it 60? Yeah. I think 72 is the farthest I throw. Not in a game, but yeah. just, just chugging it. Just chugging it. Could you throw it 60 like right now? Probably not. I'm not saying I want you to do it. <laughs> I want to keep your arms good. Probably but. not. The shoulders are kind of shot. Shoulders are di different musculature <laughs> exactly. up there? Yeah. Okay. Who's the strongest dude on the team right now? On the team? Caden Haas, probably. Caden Haas. Nice Amahe. D-line. Way to throw the D-line some love. Who, D-line. Who's yeah. the pound-for-pound pound strongest guy in your opinion? Pound-for-pound. Pound. George Udo, I haven't seen him lift in a minute, but last time I checked, he's throwing around crazy weight. Chris mm. Brooks throwing around crazy weight. Mm. Hinkley. Hinkley's uh, first-team All-American, man. Look, the way he looks, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he's, Good dude. he's a freak. Yeah, great dude. Might see the field a little bit. Let's go. Yeah, and then all the O-line are throwing around weight, so it's, it's really good to have to – Good offensive line group chucking around weight in every every lift. Hey, that's the goal, man. Yeah. Blake, thanks for the time. Best yeah. of luck with everything. Appreciate you. Yep. Blake Freeland. Uh, this this guy's really good. He's also Hi. very large. Look, uh, you didn't I'm have like a milk crate for you to stand on? I know. What's the deal? In the biz, they call it an apple box. By the way, um, welcome to every interview I ever do. I look so small <laughs> I was like, Kendall, can you come to Mordor and take the ring with me? Okay. Blake Freeland is a uh, big time uh, recruit. He's big time in, in uh, you know, height and, and uh, the NFL prospects, right? We've talked about Mel Kuyper over the summer. Uh, third best offensive tackle in the country. Now, you mentioned earlier in the show, Todd McShay says 14th best. Jaron Hall, sixth best QB from Kuyper. McShay, 11th. Clark Barrington, sixth best guard. Uh, McShay says 12th. What do you think of uh, McShay not as high as Kuiper on those three? Well, clearly I'm going to focus more on Mel Kuiper's uh, projections than I am Todd McShay's because of the difference. Uh -huh. Honestly, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that there's that much of a difference, specifically with Blake Freeland from third to 14th. Like, that's not that they like disagree on Kuiper's a couple. saying he's first-round guy. Th absolutely. That's yeah. the one that surprises me the most. So, yeah, I'm a bit surprised that there's that much of a difference in their opinion of him. I'm cool with all of this because they're all in the top uh, Now, that's a great point. How about that? Like, BYU walks into a season with three NFL draft picks. Like, if these guys have a quality season like they had last year, ah, talking about at least three dudes, if not a Puka, a Keenan, a Peyton, a Gunner, a – Ryan Rico, for goodness sake, like he's that good. We'll see, man. We'll see. This is exciting. All right, coming up, your elite voice. And a rising shout out to BYU and Utah working together. On what? We'll tell you. It's BYU Sports Nation. 
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what will this season teach us about BYU's readiness to compete in the Big 12? Justin Larson on Twitter. Beat Baylor in a one-score game, and that's validation. Beat Baylor by a landslide, and that's a statement that the Cougars have come hunting for Big 12 prey. Feels like Justin Larson's in the hunting game. Okay. Yeah, knows a little bit probably, about it. Probably, probably uh, a few animals mounted there, uh, you know, above the stairwell, perhaps. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Uh, at CL underscore living. Actually, we will learn after the Baylor game if Big 12 schools are ready to compete in Provo. Oh, switched it around a little I bit. I see what you did there. I like it. That, that is going to be interesting because it's kind of our, our last tell, right, of, okay, BYU versus the Big 12. We had the game last year. That's the only game where BYU was overmatched. Baylor ran for 309 yards, uh, but we're going to see uh, Mr. Bohannon in uh, South Florida here. Gary. Hello. Gary, don't call me Jerry. Uh, yeah, it's like Parks and Rec. If you watch <laughs> Parks and Rec, you, you probably love it. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. U.S. Department of Education has awarded BYU and Utah, uh, their Center for Latin American Studies and Asia Centers, $7 million to share. How about this? Working together okay. for good. Yeah. BYU snaps a streak, suddenly they share stuff. I mean, uh, it's funny how that works. Oh boy. And also, a happy birthday to our BYU Sports Nation coordinating producer. Yes. From the beginning to now. There one he Ben is. Bagley. There, there he is. Turning 53 today. <laughs> He's not. Maybe. I was going to say, I thought he got bit by a vampire when he was like 28, and that's just the number we stay at, something like he that. He is so mad right now. What's cool is he's like looking like he's working, um, which is great. Um, he works all the time, but like, hey, he's like, oh, I got I to gotta type an email here. He's texting me now. Uh, why'd you do that? Our thanks to today's <laughs> guests, Mitchell Jurgens and Blake Freeland. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Judd Anderton. We'll see you tonight at the Cougar kickoff. And oh, by the way, tomorrow, women's soccer season begins. Go Cougs. Happy birthday, Ben.